Okay. Um, would you turn in your Bible to Isaiah? It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. Any REM fans here? I didn't think so. Okay, all right. Other than Amber, okay. Amber's like our, our cultural uh, 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 knowledgeable young lady here. So, yeah, it's an old old REM song, and uh, if you don't know REM, that's fine. But they, they had this hit song back in the 80s and 90s when I cared about those things. Uh, it's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. It's a really interesting song because I think that um, when most people think about the end of the world, and it may even be that um, <laughs> there, there's a belief that, hey, that, you know, we're all going to die. I think we all see that that's going to happen, that, um, you know, it's just no big deal. It's just, it's just a, you know what, and, and if there's a, if there's a heaven, you've you probably heard this, you know, there's lots of people that think that they're going to heaven, but they have no biblical basis for believing so, right? There's a lot of people that are like, I'm going to hell, and it's going to be great, because it's just going to be a party that goes on. It's like, no. And, and that's actually really sobering, because one of the things that we're going to read about today is a description of judgment. And we know that God's displays of earthly judgment, even extreme judgment, as we see here in the day of the Lord, are really just a small picture of what eternal judgment looks like. I mean, this, this is not, this is not a, a never-ending party with your friends. Um, this is, in fact, we, uh, uh, the New Testament tells us, actually interviewed somebody who um, thought it was going to be like that. Uh, he was called the rich man. Uh, he had a friend named Lazarus who was a poor man who hung out at the front of his gate and ate the scraps from uh, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, th- this uh, this king's uh, table, this rich man's table, and um, you you remember that? You remember that story? We don't, I, I don't want to waste too much time going there, but j- just if you remember the parable, Luke eighteen, I think is the reference. Um, this rich man spends ten seconds in Hades, and he says, "I can't take it. I can't take it." Um, and you remember his request? Send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and put it on my tongue because I am in this blazing inferno. I mean, that's, that's, ju- that's 10 seconds on the other side of death for people that don't know Christ. Um, so th- this is not a this is not a, a party that never ends, with all sorts of debauchery and sin that people think is fun. Uh, sin is fun for a little while, and then it kills you. Then it destroys you and your relationships and your family and your soul and everything that matters to you. Um, so as we come to these sobering verses, um, th- th- these really are a this really represents a, a kind reminder of what is coming so that we can do what we can to warn others and also to make sure that we are 
um, in a place of safety also. So uh, this is judgment on the whole earth. It's the day of the Lord. And you remember, um, those of you that have been here, kind of how the book of Isaiah is divided up, okay? So, um, and I I usually put a copy of this in your notes every now and then. I didn't today, so uh, if this is new, just reference the the PowerPoint here for a minute. So this is how Isaiah is divided up. There's basically a a first section, which is about condemnation. Second part is about comfort. There's a little uh, parenthesis in the middle about Hezekiah and and his illness and his recovery. And uh, so we're kind of working our way through here. The first little block of verses and chapters is God's prophecies against Judah. And we, we saw that in the first part of the book. And then the second part, which is where we've been in the last several weeks, is prophecies against the nations. And we've noticed, uh, just by way of review, God's judgment is coming against all the surrounding nations, uh, surrounding Judah and Israel. And uh, we've noticed that God's judgment is coming because of one, well, not, not one, one main problem and then some associated problems. The one main issue that surrounds and leads to God's judgment is the utter prideful rejection of humanity to their God. Um, and people living in rebellion, worshiping other gods, uh, rejecting the God of Scripture. And in their pride and arrogance, God says judgment is coming. And we also know that when you reject your Creator, uh, everything you do is off. And so as God brings judgment on these other nations, He's talking about things like they're, they're taking advantage of the poor. They're not caring for the downtrodden. They're not ruling with justice. It's, cor- it's a corrupt situation and, and things like, like those. So um, that's what's going on here in the second section. Now, as, as I mentioned last time, the judgment after judgment after judgment against Assyria, against Tyre, against um, Ethiopia, all these other nations that we've read about, all of that is really previews of coming attractions for what we're going to talk about today. God's temporal judgment on the nations is a, a um, what do you call it? Um, I, know I, I know I speak for a living, but every now and then I forget words. Uh, it, it is a preview. It is a warning of what's going to come uh, over all the nations as the earth itself is judged, as we'll see today. So today we're in this third section here of the book, which means we're rocking right, right along. We're making progress in this huge, huge book, and you should be encouraged by that. Um, so we're going to talk about today the prophecies of the day of the Lord, and uh, that will lead us up to where we're at in, in Isaiah chapter 24 today. So let's look at our text here, and um, there's a lot to take in, guys. We'll see how much of this we can cover today. Isaiah chapter 24, verse 1, Behold, the Lord lays the earth waste and devastates it, distorts its surface, scatters its inhabitants. The people will be like the priest, the servant like his master, the maid like her mistress, the buyer like the seller, the lender like the borrower, the creditor like the debtor. The earth will be completely laid waste and completely despoiled. Why? For the Lord has spoken this word. My goodness. Verse 4. The earth mourns and withers. The world fades and withers. The exalted of the people of the earth fade away. The earth is also populated by its inhabitants. 
For they transgressed laws. They violated statutes. They broke the eternal covenant, or the everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse devours the earth, and those who live in it are held guilty. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men are left. The new wine mourns, the vine decays, all the merry-hearted sigh. The gaiety of tambourine ceases, the noise of revelers stop, the gaiety of the harp ceases. They do not drink wine with song. Strong drink is bitter to those who drink it. The city of chaos is broken down. Every house is shut up so that none may enter. There is an outcry in the streets concerning the wine. All joy turns to gloom. The gaiety of the earth is banished. And desolation is left in the city. And the gate is battered to ruins. For thus it will be in the midst of the earth among the peoples. As the shaking of an olive tree. As the gleanings when the grape harvest is over. And they raise their voices. They shout for joy. They cry out from the west concerning the majesty of the Lord. Therefore, glorify the Lord in the east, the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, in the coastlands of the sea. From the ends of the earth, we hear songs, glory to the righteous one. But I say, woe to me, woe to me, alas for me, the treacherous deal treacherously and the treacherous deal very treacherously. Do you get the idea there? Terror. And pit and snare confront you, O habitants of the earth. Then it will be that he who flees the report of disaster will fall into the pit. And he who climbs out of the pit will be caught in the snare. For the windows above are opened and the foundation of the earth shake. And the earth is broken asunder. The earth is split through. The earth is shaken violently. The earth reels to and fro like a drunkard and it totters like a shack for its transgression is heavy upon it and it will fall never to rise again and so it will happen in that day that the lord will punish the host of heaven on high and the kings of the earth on earth And they will be gathered together like prisoners in the dungeon and will be confined in prison. And after many days, they will be punished. Then the moon will be abashed and the sun ashamed. For the Lord of hosts will reign on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem. And his glory will be before his elders. I mean, that. will you see with me that this is one of the most sobering chapters in our Bibles? You know, it's not very often that God gives us a picture of the future. Uh, and this is one of those pictures of judgment, of, of destruction. Did you, did you get it? You know, party scene on the earth, and then this happens, and... That's gone. That's eliminated. You know, the, the kind of thing you see at football games and 
bar scenes and in backyards and people just eating and drinking and having a great time and they are absolutely clueless what's coming. And God comes in His judgment. And if you were reading it correctly, all of that happiness on the earth is brought to an end. Um, what do we learn from a chapter like this? These are chapters, if I'm being honest with you, I'd rather just skip in my Bible. Because uh, this isn't fun to talk about, is it? And yet, this, this chapter is here as a warning, not just to us, but to the whole world of what's coming. So let's, let's walk through it together here, okay? First of all, th- this first section is... I, I wish I could show you everything that Isaiah does just in the poetry of how he writes. If, if you could crank up the volume... Uh, if you could get out a highlighter and just highlight a whole section to bring emphasis, if you could, if you could take, uh, you know, strobe lights and a fog machine and put it directed at the, just just to heighten the emotion of the experience of what Isaiah is writing about here, that's what's going on in the Hebrew poetry. Um, we can see some of these things even in English. It starts off with "Look, it's Hane, right? Look." The Lord lays the earth waste. Now notice, remember in, in, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew way of thinking, when you repeat something three times, that's, a, that's the most emphasis you can give something. And you know this, right? The, the preeminent example in Isaiah is what? Holy, 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 right? That, that's not an allusion to the Trinity, although that may be part of it. It's a way of emphasizing over and over and over again. It's shouting if you will, bold-facing, you know, increasing the point size of the letters. Holy, holy, holy. Now look at this. Look at the threefold repetition here. The Lord lays the earth waste. He devastates it, He distorts its surface, and He scatters its inhabitants. Three different ways of saying the same thing. God is utterly destroying His creation. Now, now th- this is crazy. Um, you, you need to get this. Who made the earth? He did, right? Why did he make it? For his glory. There's only one other time in human history that we see this sort of intentional devastation that God manufactures upon the creation that he made for good and for his glory. When is that other time? The flood. Okay, what was the flood all about? It's judgment over sin, right? God looks and he says, 